I mean, listen, if if there's a universe in which Spider-Man can literally be a pig, why not have a universe in which Thor can be a frog? Yeah. Why, why not? Why not? I agree. I agree. Hello and welcome to The Fox and the Stone. I'm Tyler. And I'm Theron. How are y'all doing this day? And it's a podcast where two friends talk about nerd stuff, mental health, and pop culture. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you for listening. We hope that you're still enjoying the pod if you're here with us. And um, a couple of things that that Theron and I have been talking about is we're looking at ways to sort of branch out the podcast just a little bit more so stay tuned for some upcoming events and Mm -hmm. some possible changes and some guest spots as well so we're getting a couple of people lined out to be on the podcast so stay tuned so we're going to change it up a little bit um because i know not everyone watches loki or they may want to wait and watch the whole thing whenever all the episodes drop on Disney Plus and binge it, which is totally fine. You can always come back later, so nothing is spoiled for you. But um, with this podcast, we still want to stay true to the nerd culture part of it as well. But one of the things that we still really want to highlight, and some of the feedback that I'm getting, Theron, is that a lot of people really appreciate that we're highlighting mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what you're hearing on your end, but that's some of the things that I'm hearing about so i would like to have our interviews um that we do do occasionally um sort of tie into that in some way and maybe make a whole podcast about it so oh yeah for sure i really like that um that's that's kind of the feedback i've been getting too they like the banter they like the back mm-hmm. and forth they like the new segments and our just things about opinions um they do like the loki stuff but not everyone's watching right now because you know it's a bingeable show, and I get it. It makes sense to me. You know, we're not just a Loki fan podcast. We are a multidimensional podcast, just like our jobs and social work are multidimensional. So we can do it all. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And before we get further in, I do just want to ask for forgiveness for my voice. It is going in and out, but uh, a bad bitch went out for the first time since the panorama kind of subsided a bit <laughs> the so, panorama <laughs> yeah you know because we've been standing in this pan you know this panda express line for a year and <laughs> i haven't been in a club and i went and i did too much yeah and i'm hitting i'm about to hit 30 soon and my body was like you know what it's time to tap out yeah your aarp card is coming in the mail next week so i feel it yeah. hopefully it comes with a walker with fresh tennis balls on the field <laughs> yeah it will yeah, you know, well, shout out to you for getting out um, the since since the pandy and to mm-hmm. you know shake your ass on the dance floor or whatever you yeah. did. So I did actually, and what was funny, um, my like thirteen year old gay dreams came in. Um, React by the Pussycat Dolls was played, and I was like, "This is my song." So I got on the stripper pole at the place where we're at, and I'm pretty decent at pole dancing. That's a random fact about me that a lot of people don't know. And I end up making 25 bucks Ooh. in under two minutes. So, hey, 
a good night. Good night, indeed. Uh, well, Theron, let's start off, as we always do, with a mental check-in. Mental health mm-hmm. check-in, rather. Um, how are you doing, buddy? Aside from your throat, you know, kind of deteriorating. <laughs> um, I'm doing good. I had some friends over this uh, for the holiday weekend. Um, I'm feeling great. Mm-hmm. You know, I did some self-care yesterday since I wasn't feeling too hot. Um, I made a sangria, some sangria today, and baked some cookies. Just really focusing on some things that I like to do. Like when I get really stressed out, I like to bake cookies. Um, Even if it's like not from scratch, even if it's just like from the box, I like to bake. Um, So just been really focusing on that and getting some stuff rearranged and going to start working out this week again since I'm feeling better and I'm back from out of state. So yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Tyler? How are you doing? Pretty good. A little sleepy today. Uh, so this morning I got up at like 5.30 and I put on my running shoes and my running gear and loaded up with the running crew to downtown Tulsa. We ran a 5k. Um, and uh, so the run was at 7.30 this morning and it was really good. I always feel really great after a 5k um, after any kind of run so um, I'm going to start increasing my running regimen so I'm running in uh, more because uh, I'm kind of flirting with the idea of doing a half marathon this year so we'll see if I'm if if I can get my body prepared for Mm -hmm. um, such a long distance run Mm -hmm. but um Overall, doing pretty well. Going to go see the family tonight. Today is the 4th of July as we record this. So going to go out and see the family and pop some fireworks off. So, yeah, I'm doing pretty pretty well at the moment. Theron, let's go ahead and transition into our new segment. What do you have for us for uh, Sick Sad World? So on today's edition of Six Sad World, we're going to talk about a controversial figure that is the one, the only, the ex-Mrs. Kurt Cobain, Courtney Love, and her random Twitter beef with 18-year-old Disney starlet and rising pop star, Olivia Rodrigo. Have you heard about this? I I have. Um, I think I was on YouTube and I think I stumbled upon the Philip DeFranco show and he talked about it a little bit and I was just yeah. like, Courtney, like who, I didn't even know Courtney Love was like even on social media, to be honest with you, let alone like going after people on social media, but go ahead. Sorry. Fill us in on, on what's going so, on with Courtney Love. <laughs> the first thing I thought to myself was when I saw this and I saw Courtney Love in the news, I was like, oh no, she died. Mm. Um, <laughs> Which is really a dark thought to have. And then when I realized that she was arguing with a 18-year-old little girl, I had to Google how old she was. And she's 56 years old. Um, her birthday is July 9th, 1964. So she has a birthday Friday. So here's the skinny. Olivia Rodrigo is doing a online concert because, again, we're still at a panic of the disco called the Sour Digital performance or tour or something on the cover olivia is dressed like a prom queen tiara 
really nice little dress and she's crying. I didn't think much about it, but Miss Courtney Love got a hold of it. <laughs> she had a lot to say, as she always does, and said basically you ripped off she ripped off her um nineteen ninety four record with her band hole, Live Through This, where there is also a prom queen crying, and I believe the actress is not Courtney Love. It's not Courtney Love, yeah. Oh god, that is not Courtney Love. Um so I don't understand where the beef is. But uh, Miss Rodrigo was just like, you know, hey, like, I'm sorry. Like, I was inspired by this album growing up and I wasn't trying to have no, you know, beef with you, no drama. And Courtney's love is like, I accept your apology, but you need to DM me for my address so you can send me flowers and a note. And I'm like, what the fuck is that all about? Oh, that's like, <laughs> okay. Okay, first of all, did did Olivia Rodrigo even, like, actually apologize to Courtney Love? Or did, was she just like, hey, I actually loved your album, and that's what kind of inspired me to do this? Because Yes, she did. She said she was sorry if she wasn't, her intent wasn't to cause problems. She was just like, you know, I was very inspired by this album growing up, and I just, you know, thought it would be... Well, she's cool. a better person than me because I would have been like, listen, don't get it twisted. You got this from the same place I got this, which was Carrie. Right. So <laughs> let's just keep it at that. You don't own <laughs> this look, Miss Courtney Love. So right. go away. Like, bitch, sit your ass down and shut the hell up, bitch, and log out of Twitter and Instagram. Um, <sighs> Lord. <laughs> you know, Courtney Love. First of all, you know, live through this. That record has my one of my favorite songs. It's called uh, Dollhouse. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Doll Parts. It's a pretty good song. I heard it back in um, early days of college. And it's just like low beat grunge. It's really cool. But other than that, I really only know Courtney Love for being a hot mess. Um, I didn't grow up listening to like, you know, uh, Nirvana or grunge so i wouldn't say that's something i listen to i just always know that courtney love is a mess um in and out you know she has a lot of struggles which i'm not gonna fault her or make fun of her for and i know that her daughter has nothing to do with her that's all i really know about courtney love mm -hmm. yeah that's about all i know too i know that early like when i was in high school there was always that narrative that oh, Kurt Cobain didn't take his own life. It was Courtney Love. Mm -hmm. And I'd read biographies about it. And um, so we, we had heard that. And as like young Nirvana fans, you kind of grew up believing that narrative. And, but it didn't last long. But, you know, when you're, you're pretty impressionable and you were like overly dedicated to a band that wasn't even still around when you were listening to them. Like Nirvana mm -hmm. <laughs> broke up and I think like 93, 94, like right after mm -hmm. Kurt Cobain passed away. So see, so. Courtney gives off very much. I walk into Walmart barefoot energy. So mm. <laughs> if mm -hmm. I was Olivia or Rodrigo in this situation, I would have paid her dust. Um, there's been so many pictures of crying prom queens. That's just normal. Um, and I think what Olivia said, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to go look it up because I don't care that much, was pretty chill. She was like, you know, I was inspired by your, you know, your band. And, you know, some of her songs on her record are grunge inspired. Like, um, Brutal is very grunge. It's um, the opener of Sour. Mm. So I just it's think good song. Uh, it's a 
really good song. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like shocked that I'm connecting with music made by a literal child. Uh, way too hard. Same with Good For You. Her song Good For You has grunge and kind of Paramore's uh, same like beat of uh, Misery Business mm-hmm. by uh, Paramore. But, um, you know, Courtney Love is, again, is one of those, it seems like she's one of those people who just wants to stay relevant um, and doesn't care who she fights with or how she gets this relevancy. And personally, being almost 30, I cannot imagine myself fighting with someone who's the same age as my 17-year-old niece. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially like, oh, yo, you stole something. I'm like, Courtney, allegedly you stole someone's life. Calm it down. So let's just not start pointing the fingers. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like people who've never been... People who, like, get on social media, like, years later, and they're like, how does this work? Are you supposed to just get into... Like altercations with people online. This is fun. It's 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 a mess. I, I'm not a fan of child. Of when I love, saw so. that, I was just like, you know what? I think saying her walking into Walmart barefoot was too high of a compliment. I could see her walking barefoot into a gas station bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Uh, anyway, I just you know I feel like Courtney Love. To be honest, and to be a little more sincere, I think she is just. One of those people, hurt people, hurt people. Mm. And that's all I got to say on that. Yeah. Um, Maybe she's just going through. But on a positive note, I found out that Willow Smith is going punk. I mean, I'm a little late to the the party. But she's uh, dropping a punk rock album soon. Um, She dropped over the summer this song called Transparent Soul with Travis Barker. Um, He's on everyone's record now. It's wild to me. Mm-hmm. Every time I see, because I, 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 I don't know, I think he may have done the drums for Machine Gun Kelly's punk rock, Maybe. like pop punk album. Mm-hmm. I think he may have done the drums. I'll have to go back and look. But I mean, like, I just feel like he's popping up all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's a badass drummer, so I'm I'm cool with it. See, I know that he did do a uh, song with Demi Lovato a couple years back. Um, he played the drums on like a song of her uh, of theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me, they use they them. Demi is they them. Um, it really don't care. It came out in, like 2013, but like he just drums everywhere. I think Travis Barker is like one of the names synonymous with punk rock. When I think of punk rock, I instantly think of him because. Uh, I can't remember what band he was in. I'm not going to act like I was like... Blink-182. Blink-182, but mm-hmm. I think that they're like one of the pioneers of like our childhood when it comes to punk rock. Yeah. That pop-punk sound. They're Yeah, they're definitely up there. Them and bands like Sum 41 and mm-hmm. and Green Day. Uh, yeah, yeah they, they, were, they were good. And they still are making music today. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I love everything they're putting out. Even... Um, once I got a new singer, once uh, Tom uh, Tom left the band, they mm-hmm. replaced him with another guy, which his name is escaping me. I think it's Matt. Um, mm-hmm. He's from a band called Alkaline Trio, and mm-hmm. he, um, I think his voice meshes pretty well with the band sound. So yeah, so yeah. I, I just want to say, like, to like trickle back to Willow Smith. I think mm-hmm. it's so cool that she is like doing what Fifi Dobson tried to do. Um, She's that alternative black girl, and I feel like a lot of alternative black girls are kind of... Oh, no, my phone's going off. Sorry. They're kind of just, like, thrown to the wayside um, 
there's not a space for them in the mainstream, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's so cool that Willow Smith is part of that weird black girl narrative. Um, I remember, shoot, (laughs) 11 years ago, she was whipping her hair all over the place. Uh, is that 11 years ago yes 2010 but you know I actually are you serious Willow, i'm so serious um i thought it was what? rihanna singing that song because she's always had a big voice it came out october 26 2010 um, a few oh years God. back i got to have the opportunity to watch willow smith perform live um she opened up for janae Iko in dallas at the legendary house of blues and she did a grunge version of whip my hair and i thought to myself back then I would enjoy a rock album for her from her and she's doing it and she uh just dropped a new uh single um called lipstick i haven't heard it yet but i will be playing it after the pod but yeah i'm really really excited um i'm down what are yeah. you what are your thoughts on like the stuff that's going on with the olympic that uh olympic runners since we're talking about alternative black girls i can never say her name correctly i don't know how to pronounce her name either um you're you're referring to the the woman who tested positive for marijuana and the Olympics mm-hmm. like shit their pants and was like you can't run. You talking about that? That's yeah, right, right? Hold on. Yeah, I'm trying to find her name. Yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, I, Shikari Richardson. Shikari Richardson. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think it's uh, quite ridiculous to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, I, I I really don't see it being mm-hmm. a big deal. I mean, it's legal in 19 states. So right I, in the, I really in the state that. that she is from well you know what makes me laugh is like people are like well she broke the rules blah 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 but i'm just like i've dabbled with marijuana before um <laughs> i'm gonna tell you right now there's no way in the world i'm running anywhere i'm like <laughs> eating a bag of chips or sleeping for the rest of the day and maybe half paying attention to a tv show or a movie so the fact that this young lady was able to not only run a 100 meter in 10.2 seconds while stoned y'all need to just let this girl run i think this is ridiculous um i think the american olympic association is needs to revamp a lot of their rules also like it's kind of seeming a little anti-black because there's also this issue with the uh swim caps created for natural hair um you know as a black person my hair will not fit in a normal size swim cap right i'm gonna need one for my hair texture and my hair type but yeah. That I could I could get on my soapbox and talk about that all day. Yeah, it, it kind of seems like the Olympic Committee really needs to start hearing from their athletes on what would be what would work for them. You know, mm-hmm. um, it, it sounds like there's just a lot of barriers that are still in place for mm-hmm. no reason. Like, let's break these barriers and let people compete. Like, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. That's where I stand on it. It's it's pretty ridiculous. But I heard that they are going to like allow her to race. Is that correct? That's the last thing I heard. Um, that they were. Gonna I don't know. Race. I'm going to look into it. Um, I haven't really paid attention to the Olympics since the Spice Girls performed in like 2012. They performed in 2012. Not yeah. even in their prime. No, they performed. They reunited. I think even Posh showed up. I remember them being on like on top of like cabs and stuff and they just looked like really cool moms. Like that's not like mom shaming or trying to be ageist or anything like that. Like they just seem like that cool mom that like let their kids do like 
wall painting, painting on the wall, very progressive thinking moms. So I was just like, hey, I'm here for that. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Say You'll Be There is one of the mm-hmm. best openings to a song ever. I mean, just melodically, it hits mm-hmm. so hard. I love it so much. Yes, especially to that harmonica solo. Ugh. And then, like, Mel C just, like, wailing at the end. I'm giving you everything. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, Mel C. But that's all the news I have for you. I, like, wanted to try to keep it a little more lighter and a little more funny. <laughs> yeah, right on. Right on. Well, we've got a very big episode to get into, Theron. So let's go ahead and hop into Loki episode four, The Nexus Event. Yes. So the show opens up where we, uh, the camera pans down, and this is uh, Asgard. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see that the Minutemen um, come through the portal, and there's a little, uh, there's a little girl who we um, come to find out later on is Sylvie as a child. And she's there, and she's playing with um, her toys. There's like a wolf, which is Fenrin, I think, from uh, Ragnarok. And there's, uh, I think there's a little, um, like, Valkyrie-type yes. doll in there. So she's playing, and then the Minutemen just show up, and they're like, you're coming with us. And she's like, wait, what? I'm just playing with my toys. And we see that this little girl, or, or Sylvie, starts going through the same kind of things that Loki had to go through whenever he was first arrested and brought to the TVA. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and we also see here that one of the Minutemen is Ravona. Mm-hmm. Um, she was once um, a Minuteman, boots on the ground. As they bring her to the judge, as they did with Loki in episode one, we see that Sylvie steps on Ravona's foot, grabs a tent pad, and then gets the hell out of the TVA. Yeah, and you know what was weird? It's just like that. I use again. Uh, my roommate made fun of me for. I guess I stole Grace Randolph's thing about not making fun of child actors, but I think with the little actor who played little Sylvie. Her facial acting when she was like going through the TVA and standing in front of the grand um, jury, I guess, and looking at Ravona and just like, oh my God, like I'm scared. And she only did that basically all throughout face acting mm-hmm. was just great. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Then we start to, we hear from the, uh, the Minutemen start talking with uh, Agent Mobius mm-hmm. and he finds out that Hunter C-20 is dead. Oh, yes. And oh he's very, gosh. he's very, it's strange because he's not like deeply saddened by it because I guess he's probably thinking like, oh, it's all mm-hmm. part of the job, like Minutemen die doing this kind of work, but he was just very perplexed in saying like, how, how is she, how is she dead? Like she, I mean, mm-hmm. she seemed kind of out of it, but you know, because he's wanting to talk to her. Cause he's like, I think I can, f- I can figure out what's going on. She kept saying, it's real. It's all real. I, I, need, to, mm-hmm. I need to talk to her and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And Ravona's like, you can't. You know, can't. She's dead. Um, whenever the variant touched her, it scrambled her brain and she died. And he's just mm-hmm. like, uh, that's kind of weird. So I think, I don't think it was that. I think what they were trying to like hint at was that Agent uh, C-20 took her life. But Disney way of saying it, because they were just like, she's gone, she's gone. Um, and I wouldn't say that Mobius was sad. I think he just was more like 
concerned like wait why wait she was just fine um right yeah i don't think i don't really think he was fully sad either and mm -hmm. and and i think in the show they said that her mind was like scrambled and she was like too far gone like right she just like her brain just stopped operating so to speak oh almost That's, like a like a, a magical lobotomy yeah yeah lobotomy like that did not go did not go mm -hmm. well which most of them yes. didn't but yeah, it, it, I, I kind of took it, w watching the episode, that it was, they were saying that her brain just kind of turned into goo, so to speak, and she, <laughs> just, and she died, ow. yeah, yeah, because they were like, she, her brain was scrambled. Yeah. Um, so I immediately think of scrambled eggs when I hear the words, when I hear the word scrambled. Um, so yeah, and immediately in my notes, I typed... Uh, that, somebody that, lying. That somebody, <laughs> there's more to this, you know. Um, so then we see we, we go back to Lamentis, and we see that Sylvie and we, we see that Loki. beautiful shot of Sylvie and Loki just kind of sitting there, kind of mm -hmm. facing themselves. Um, which at first, when we saw when we first saw the previews to the show, a lot of people thought that that was Black Widow. Oh, Do you remember hearing yeah. about those? Yeah, because of the shorter hair. hair. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. We start seeing that Sylvie starts to lament on her days uh, of Asgard um, and how the TVA stole her. So mm -hmm. that's where we can connect that the little girl who was stolen by the TVA at the beginning of the episode was, in fact, Sylvie. And what she had done is she set uh, multiple Nexus events um, throughout her life, right? Mm -hmm. Just trying just to... Just by being alive. Just by, yeah, by being alive and really just kind of hiding is what it seemed like. She was trying to hide mm -hmm. from the TVA. She was just always on the run, and she went to places where they wouldn't find her, mm -hmm. which, you know, seemed to be, um, you know, these apocalyptic events. And we're just starting to see, like, Sylvie um, looking very defeated and just kind of questioning, um, you know, her purpose on right. what, what is all of this for. I'm tired of running. Um, and then we see something kind of magical happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a lot of people online who are speculating that, so there's a moment that's really sweet where Sylvie and Loki have that, that moment where they've kind of connected. Well, they connected, but they've come to the realization that they are not going to be able to get off Lamentis in time. They're just going to die here. Yeah. And, it was kind of like they... We're saying they're amends, but also um, accepting the deck of cards that was handed to them in the situation. Like, mm -hmm. well, shit, mm -hmm. we done fucked up, and here it is. And then they kind of had this moment where they just start looking at each other. <laughs> right, yeah. And, and uh, Loki kind of puts his hands on um, Sylvie's face, and they start leaning in. And we jump back to the TVA, and they're like, oh, my goodness, there's this ginormous spike in the timeline, like a astronomical Nexus event. What is going on here? <laughs> yeah. Now, I just kind of want to back up. Did he actually put his hand on her face? Like, did they? Because, I mean, there was a connection, but I don't know if it was romantic, to be honest with you. I thought it was good. I thought it was romantic. You thought it was romantic. Like, okay, so that's interesting. Yeah. So you have a different perspective, and some a lot of people do feel like it was romantic. I personally feel like, for once in a very very long time, maybe ever for these two characters, mm -hmm. that they felt like some they actually cared for another person other than themselves. 
Mm. You know. But see, see, that's where I have to cut you off. I'm not cut you off. Disagree with you. Sure. Uh, Loki's always cared about his mom. He's just always been an asshole about it. I didn't. So I, I got don't you. Know, maybe maybe they were making a connection of some sort. But also Loki being Loki and Sylvie being a Loki and they're kind of like arrogant and narcissistic. I mean, them hooking up and fucking each other makes sense because I could always see that Loki would fuck himself. So, mm-hmm. I mean. Disney Plus, you think is really going to go there, right? In the next episode? We just <laughs> could they go up. there? It, it's just going to open up like a Game of Thrones show. Yo, like episode. listen. After Falcon and the Winter Soldier and they basically made Captain QAnon. Oh, John Walker? <laughs> Yeah, John Walker. I'm down. I'm I'm just enjoying the ride and enjoying what happens. <laughs> there you go. That's all we can do. So, right before their demise, we see that a portal shows up, and they walk through the portal, and then they are transported back to the TVA, which you called it, because you and I both were... I, I was asking you, how do you think they get off Lamentis? And mm-hmm. you you called it. You said the TVA is going to show up and get him. I personally thought that uh, Loki still had the time stone in his pocket. Mm-hmm. And it was going to somehow teleport back in time to the TVA or somewhere else to get off the, to get off of it. Mm-hmm. Cause I was going, I was trying to hearkening back to episode one where he was just looking at that drawer full mm-hmm. of paperweights, which yeah. is what they are on the TVA. Then Loki goes through a special red teleport which mm-hmm. is basically his new prison. And yes. he shows up, and he's... He's an Asgard. And then out comes your favorite... Lady Sith, Jamie Alexander. I was yeah. excited to see her. And uh, I guess he's in a time loop where mm-hmm. Sith comes out, and she realizes Loki cut her hair. She's calling him Sniveling Weasel, basically. Mm-hmm. He's pathetic, and he's gonna be he's going to die alone. And then nuts him. Straight up kicks him, uh, knees him in the nuts. And Mm -hmm. it was good to see her. But Loki realizes that he is trapped in this loop. So Sith keeps coming back and back and back and back. Mm -hmm. And he's like, all right, you know, I'm sorry I did this. Uh, Forgive me. And she still just keeps doing it. But then we kind of jump into where Mobius and Ravina are having this like conversation and uh, Mobius is like, man, I can't believe this happened. And then they're joking about, you know, Ravina, you know, uh, hang up your trophy. Ravona, sorry. Yeah. Ravona, uh, hang up your trophy, blah, blah, blah. While she turns around to hang up the trophy, he switches tip pads with her and then bounces and hides in the library. Did I say that right? Library? Library? Whatever. Uh, it, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's it's the library. That's the correct way to say it. So make he sure goes you get to the right. library, and he watches where they are interrogating C twenty, and she's like, "No, I was a human. I had a life before this, and she showed me it. You guys are lying to me. We're variants. We're all variants." And then you see the camera shut off, but right before you see the camera shut off, Ravona turns it off. And she looks dead in the camera like, oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. So what is your thoughts on that, Tyler? (sighs) Yeah, I mean, it was was pretty wild. Um, Mm -hmm. It was pretty wild. I mean, before before some of that happened, I mean, remember, you know, he was trying to convince to her that he wanted to talk to both of them in the same room together, and she wasn't Mm -hmm. having that, you know. 
um, and he's really starting to um, kind of piece together. He's like, why is, why are you, what, you have like this personal thing with this variant, mm-hmm. you know? We got to remember too that Agent Mobius goes back and actually mm-hmm. pulls Loki out from Asgard. Oh, yeah. And they start having this back and forth where neither of them believe what they're saying. Yes. You know, I mean, and Agent Mobius says, oh, by the way, Sylvie was pruned. And mm-hmm. he's just trying to get a, t- he's trying to get a feel for how Loki is going to react. And Loki's just kind of like, it's not a big deal. I mean, she was a pawn in the grand scheme of the plan. And, mm-hmm. and then Loki then starts screaming, you know, you're all variants. And we know that yeah. Mobius uh, still isn't buying it. Um, See, I think he subtly was realizing, I don't think he was just straight up like, they're liars. I think he was just like, something ain't cleaning the milk. And then everyone's kind of screaming the same story. Mm-hmm. He was just like, okay, well, fuck. Like, yeah, something well, ain't right. Right. And, and it's hard It's it's hard to really think that way because you've been brainwashed into thinking one way for so long that right. you were created here at the TVA. and. It's kind of like this story called the myth of synthesis where these people are spend their whole entire life in a cave and they are like, you know, these shadows are the gods. And then they realize one of them decides to break out and they're like, there's a whole world out here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Loki is that, that uh plot device to get everyone to realize you are being deceived. Yeah. So I, I, I think that Mobius starts realizing, all right, you know what? Everyone's saying the same thing. This is this is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also we start seeing B fifteen is starting to become very conflicted. You know, she goes and meets yeah. with Sylvie, and B fifteen's like, "Come with me." And so he's yeah. like, "Okay." And they go back to the rocks cart, and she's like, "You know what? Whenever you tapped into me, I saw something, and it felt real. What were you doing? Was this some kind of? Were you just playing Fuck mind tricks? Me. You know?" Mm-hmm. And she's like, "No, I'll do it again. I'll show you." So she oh my gosh. does it again, you know? That scene broke my heart. Like, we don't see what B-15 sees, mm-hmm. but Wumi, oh gosh, that actress, I love her. Yeah. the fa- Again, facial acting is something that I pay attention to. And when she opens her eyes and she's almost in tears and she says, I was so happy, that broke my heart. Oh gosh. Because she's able to see her life before the TVA, so now it's all it all clicks for her in that moment and mm-hmm. she starts seeing that like, oh, Sylvie, this this variant really isn't so bad. And it it kind of makes mm-hmm. sense why she's, you know, kind of on the run from us and mm-hmm. trying to keep us from um, you know, capturing her. Um and then and then like you mentioned about the tent pad switcheroo, then that happened afterwards mm-hmm. and then like you said, we saw we saw Mobius going to the library and see the truth, what happens to Hunter C. Mm-hmm. Um, as Agent M is going back to speak with Loki to pretty much tell him, dude, you were right. Mm-hmm. That's when Rafona shows up and stops him there. And what does she do, Theron? Oh, God. What does Ravona Renslayer do to our poor boy, Mr. Wow himself? Mobius, Mobius, Mobius is pruned. He is and pruned. I was, okay, guys, I was watching this um episode in the air i was on a plane and the man sitting next to me thought i just found out like a family member died because i gasped and said not him (laughs) not him (laughs) yeah it was a lot for me to handle 
I also forgot to mention two things. Uh, one, we didn't give us the letter grade. We'll do that at the end. And one, mm-hmm. we didn't um, mention spoilers. Um, but if you didn't know by the... If, you, if you're just now realizing that we're doing spoilers right now, I do apologize. But um, hopefully you didn't just jump into episode four mm-hmm. uh, of this podcast series and hear a spoiler. But yeah, Agent Mobius is pruned by Ravona Renslayer. And yeah, my jaw dropped. It was pretty hard mm-hmm. to watch. And then we see that Loki and Sylvie enter the golden elevator with Ravona. Mm-hmm. And... This is where we assume that the timekeepers are. And as they're ascending, Sylvie asks, so what was my Nexus event? And mm-hmm. why, what would did you, I do? Why, why, why would you take my life from me? And Ravona is just like, I honestly don't even remember. And she's just like, Jesus Christ. Okay. She just looked at her like, I don't give a damn what you did to me. Right. Yeah. It was so bad. It was so sad. Yeah. Um, so they go in front of the Time Lords and um, the timekeepers, and they're just talking and saying that they're basically going to erase their timelines and erase them from history. And, you know, Loki and Sylvie are bantering and doing their quipping and stuff. And next thing you know, they're about to get pruned, and then the door opens, the door, the, the, the elevator door opens, and it's B-15. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, hell no. Sylvie, catch a sword. We've got to fight. <laughs> she's, she's like, takes off, she takes off like those neck things off of them. Mm-hmm. You know? She's like, nope. What they ain't about to do is this because they're in the wrong. And, yeah. you know, a fight scene goes on. And yeah, B-15 is, which made me kind of sad. They uh, knock her out pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, just a lot of stuff. And then. It's a really great fight scene. It's a great fight scene. A lot happened. You know, Loki gets the sword and Sylvie is using one of their little prune sticks, I call it. Mm-hmm. And she's going back and forth with Ravona back and forth. They're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting. And next thing you know, do you want to say it? Because <laughs> I was distraught. I would love to. So Ravona Renslayer's on the ground. She's knocked prone. And Sylvie grabs her sword looks at the the main timekeeper the one sitting mm. on the middle, middle. kind of high and she just yeets the shit out of this sword boom mm-hmm. cuts the head off right and then you hear the other time lords just start laughing and my mm. first initial thought theron was that the head was just going to pop like he was going to grow a new head and just be like you think a sword will defeat us but it doesn't and then they see the head and we see there's wires and coming out of it so we learn that oh these are just mindless androids Mm -hmm. and as sylvie is looking at the head of this time lord or uh, this timekeeper android she looks back at loki and then boom loki is pruned oh my god so sad and i mean like we kind of knew like it happened it's shocking you're just like holy shit Mm -hmm. but then you see other scenes that are in the show so you kind of know and we'll talk about this show too because there's a mid-credit scene on this episode which came out of nowhere um, so we'll talk about that in just a moment. But um, Sylvia then turns uh, the prune stick on Ravona because Ravona is the one that gets up and actually prunes Loki. And then, you know, Ravona's just kind of like, do it, do it, come on, kill me, whatever. And Sylvia's like, you're going to tell me everything. And then, boom, end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the end of the episode, I'm, I kind of get up, I stretch, and I'm like, wow, that was a pretty good episode mm-hmm. and i get up and i go put on my shoes and i hear the sound of a new scene 
and I immediately raced back to the living room. And mm. we see that Loki wakes up and he goes, am I in hell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we, we just hear a voice that goes, no, but you better come with us. Yes. And what do we see? There's kid Loki, mm-hmm. an old man Loki, yep. a alligator Loki, and a yep. black Loki that I have now dubbed Bloki. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I told you we were going to see kid Loki. I was not expecting the old two Loki, the other two Lo- other other three Lokis. I I wasn't either. I was unaware that there was actually a alligator Loki. I thought there was a frog Loki. But I didn't there's know. There's a frog Thor, and there's. Oh, that's Thor. right. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Whoops. Uh, but like, uh, do you think we're gonna see Frog Thor? Why not? Why not throw in <laughs> Frog Thor? I mean, why not? Now, does Frog Thor? What What makes this Thor Frog Thor? I mean, like, does he actually have? Does he's actually wielding a hammer? Yeah. And has like a headpiece and everything. Okay, so it's literally Frog Thor. Right. Just kind of um, walking around like, what was that? Well, not to digress, I'm sorry, but what was that no, no, game? No, no, no. What was that fighting game? It was like, was it Battletoads? Was, yeah, yeah. Was that the name of it? Oh, my mm-hmm. God. So was it like Battletoad type Thor? Mm. Well, okay, so it was a human named Simon Walderson, and he got cursed to be a frog. <laughs> okay. And so... <laughs> It's a, it's a really stupid, and he finds like a little piece of meal in there, and he's able to pick it up and become Frog Thor. Oh, excellent! So, <laughs> that's I, I kind of want to read that. It. I need to read that comic now. I mean, listen, if if there's a universe in which Spider-Man can literally be a pig, why not have a universe in which Thor can be a frog? Yeah, why, why not? Why not? I agree. I agree. Why not? I agree. So, so we're immediately met with the answer that Loki is not dead. And if that's correct, then neither is Agent Mobius. So my first thought was, oh, hell yeah. Agent M is still with us. I don't know where he's at, but he's with us. So mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to be, if he's going to have like three other Agent M's looking at him. Like, wow, you went through the timeline. Wow. Because you know all <laughs> you, Owen Wilson does. You sound like does. Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> Oh yeah, baby. You sound like be- Caitlyn be- Because I love Owen Wilson in the show, but all he does is whisper. You can't. You gotta watch this with subtitles because all he does is whisper. But I really, I really like Owen Wilson uh, in this show, and I mean, I like him in general as well. Any thoughts on kind of where the show's gonna go next? There, episode five. We got two I feel more. Like we're gonna find out that each variant who works for the TVA just get replaced with a different variant. And when they get pruned, they just send them to variant limbo. Um, mm. We're going to see a lot of mischief from kid Loki. Cause kid Loki is just Loki, but just without maturity basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I feel like we may be seeing Kang the conqueror because I was just reading up on Kang the other day just because of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rav- say Ravona yeah. Renslayer is Kang's wife in certain comics. Yeah. So... Yeah. That's who I think's been pulling the strings this whole time, is Kang the Conqueror. I don't know, because Kang the Conqueror is such a... <sighs> but then again, too, you know what? The actor who plays Kang the Conqueror 
was the main actor in Lovecraft Country, and they just canceled Lovecraft Country. So maybe his role was bigger really? than what, what they expected. Huh. That's crazy they canceled it, because I heard really good things about that show. Yeah, they, were, they literally were about to start filming, like, in a few weeks. Um, I was super sad. It's a good show. It's on HBO Max. Yeah. Um, Jonathan My- Majors okay. is uh, King the Conqueror. Yeah. How many seasons of... It was only one season of Whoa. Lovecraft. Now... Was it not? Was it not just like a mini series, or was it supposed to have other seasons? It's, it was based off of a uh, HP uh, Lovecraft. HP Lovecraft like, book, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they only got through like not even fully all of it. I hear HP Lovecraft's writing is very, very hard to get through. Mm. Maybe I'm just too stupid to understand mm. what he's writing about, but apparently it's super dense. But um, I hear a lot of positive things about lovecraft but any other thoughts on loki episode four before we wrap um, into our other segment let's just do our grades real That's quick so we don't it, yeah. waste too many times um i will give it a a i am gonna rewatch it today just because it was just a lot of revelations it was it was a really good episode again um the action the revelations the face acting uh and then that scene with B-15 where she was just like, I was so happy then. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all, especially us who, some of the people who struggle with depression, sometimes when those memories come back, we, we've all felt that. You mm-hmm. know, like, mm-hmm. ugh. So the way they humanized that moment, that it was just, we've all had moments where we were like, I was so happy. What happened? <laughs> yeah. You kind of yearn for the way things used to be. Um, yeah, you, know, you kind of feel like you either you somehow detached from yourself in some way, or you've changed, and you kind of want to get back to who you used to be. Um, your your go back to your true north, so to speak. But yeah, for sure. I'm gonna give this episode an A plus. Actually, I really enjoyed it. It made me laugh. Um, it didn't make me cry, but it made my jaw drop. Mm-hmm. I had a really good time overall with this episode, and. I mean, I remember getting a text message. I got two text messages Wednesday throughout the day that were just like, oh, my God, that new episode is so great. And I was like, oh, I'm so I'm so excited for this. And it did not disappoint at all. So I think I think it was probably the strongest episode of the season, in my opinion. Um, so we'll see how they wrap up this this show. But I think they're I think they're doing a lot of great things with this show. All right, Theron, let's go ahead and segue into our last segment of the podcast which is you should check this out mm-hmm. uh i'm gonna let you go first because i think i went first last time maybe i didn't but i don't care you go first okay so i am actually going to give one of my friends a shout out um my top my friend thomas het rebus i probably murdered that thomas and i'm so sorry Thomas is based out in Brooklyn. He is a queer Brazilian-American mixed-media sculpture with a background in experimental architecture. Uh, His art's great. I love it. It's like he uses um, non-traditional material to make sculptures. He does a lot of soft sculptures, a lot of art, a lot of doodles. Um, Very talented um, person, very socially aware. I'm going to have Tyler link his uh, art fair site so you can kind of look at it, uh, his art. 
um, and also his Instagram if you guys want to see more about it. Um, but he's very talented, good person, and yeah, the art speaks for itself, and it's phenomenal. I really, really like it. Uh, I'm going to recommend a book. It is called The Anthropocene Reviewed. It is by John Green. Uh, John Green is um, probably my favorite uh, favorite author. Uh, he writes a lot of young adult literature. But in this book, it's actually a collection of essays. And they're from the writer's perspective about various topics or events or even items. So an example would be he would write a short essay about Diet Dr. Pepper. Um, he would talk about when Diet Dr. Pepper was created, just kind of the history of it. How did we get so? Um, uh, or he'll talk about like Haley's Comet. How did it get its name? It ha- it's gone through various names, this, that, and the other. Uh, it's just a really cool. It's kind of like a mini podcast if you want to listen to the mm-hmm. audiobook, which is what I've been doing. It's narrated by John Green, and I already listened to him on his podcast with, that he does with his brother. But it, it's a really, it, it's just a fascinating listen. Um, or read if you want to read it um, mm-hmm. about John Green just kind of discussing going into depth of these different topics that are kind of just random to be honest with you okay. um, like he wrote an essay about diet Dr. Pepper of all things <laughs> you know, that's his favorite drink but and it sounds silly but it's so well written and um, his his perspective on these things are are really interesting and I really appreciate them so uh, mm-hmm. and at the end of each uh, essay uh, he gives them a review uh, at the end. So, so for example, he'll be like, "I give Diet Dr Pepper four and a half stars." Um, it's just, it's a really, it's a really interesting read, and I think it'll make you a little bit smarter. At least mm-hmm. it's making me a little bit smarter, which isn't smarter. You have to say it correctly. <laughs> smarter, sorry. Thank you. Yeah, my, that's on me. But yeah, it's a really, it's a really good book. So mm-hmm. yeah, those are going to be our. Uh, those are going to be our recommendations for this podcast. So Theron is highlighting some art from a friend and I'm highlighting a book. So, well, Theron, let's go ahead and close this out for today's show. Uh, I just want to say thank you all so much, you know, whoever you are and wherever you are for joining us on this episode of the Fox and the Stone. Theron, do you have anything else to say to the listeners? This is just a random thought, but when you see a red flag in a person, Take that and you make your exit. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. And surround yourself with people who actually, like, who really care about you and who want to see you thrive in this world and who will move through this life with you. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what I would say. I, I would say that. And also, just my last thing of the day, sometimes um, you don't need closure. In friendships or relationships, sometimes the disrespect is the closure you need. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ow. So anyway. I agree. <laughs> anyway, in closing, this is The Fox and the Stone, episode four. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys have a great holiday weekend. And if you don't celebrate, I hope you have a good weekend in general. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you all again, Theron. I will talk to you Probably in an hour or so. (laughs) (laughs) Probably in an hour. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.